0: Welcome back to Talking Talmud. I'm Ann Gordon here with my friend and chavruta, Yerdena Azband. Our daf of the day, Masachah Psachim, daf Tsadi Aleph, page 91. Our Mishnah that opens our daf begins with just one word on the previous daf. That is ha-onein, The onain meaning the person who is mourning uh, in the immediacy of mourning, right? Before, usually considered before burial. Um, so the ha of et somebody who is clearing a pile of stones that had the The background information that you need to know here is that the person who's clearing a pile of stones is clearing them from on top of a it's like a collapsed building or something that has collapsed on top of other people, and then you don't know. We've got a Schrodinger's cat situation here. If you don't know whether, they're, lahavdil, whether there's a person underneath there who is alive or in fact might be dead, in which case you have a situation of uh, both the onen and the mafakechet Tagal would be and you know dealing with uh, the need to bury uh, a body that is in addition to whatever sorrow there is there, grief there, there's also the ritual impurity, the tuma that is being imparted from the body to the person who is in the one case in aninut and in the second case clearing the pile of rocks. Similarly, one who is promised to be released from prison. To, from That's prison, right? Somebody who is sick or old, but is able to eat a kazayat here, specifically giving us a clue what this mission is all about, eating the kazayat of the Korban Pesach. You can do the Shrita of the Korban Pesach on the behalf. Meaning on the behalf of all of these people, namely the onain, the person who is in mourning, and presumably is actually not impure, or again, might be impure, it, it's, that's in fact not clear, right? The idea here is, can this person be one of the registrants for the Korban Pesach? The answer is yes. What about the mafakeh HaTagal? Also yes. What about somebody who has been promised to leave prison, right? While in prison, they're not going to be able to participate in the Korban Pesach, they're not going to be able to get out to it, but you know that they're supposed to be getting out. Yes, you can put them in the group that's going to be getting the Korban Pesach, Likewise, the and the zakin, where they might otherwise be in a category that says you can't eat from the Korban Pesach, but these people in specific can indeed eat the amount of kesayin of the Korban. So so too, we say, for all of these people, sholchatin we do the shkita for them. But, al kulam, You can't do the shkita on them, um. Just by themselves, right? The idea here is, <laughs> that the, if it's only these categories of people, whether a lot of any one category, or in fact, all of these people together, there have to be somebody else there who's not in this iffy zone to make sure that the Korban Pesach uh, will be also going to others who are not you know, in a status that has a potential to become problematic. The concern is, of course, lest the Korban Pesach come to be disqualified if all of the people participating end up being either rendered tameh or unable to eat or unable to even be present because they're stuck in jail, right? Whatever it is, none of the... They're all participants of the Korban Pesach, but you need some other people in there as well who don't have these special statuses. Lefichach, therefore... I feel like l'fichach is such a haggadah word. L'fichach bahen psul. If in fact they're registered for korban pesach and then there is a disqualification, there's a psul that takes place after that, so that then they cannot participate participate in the korban pesach. To read milaso pesach these folks who were eligible and then disqualified do not have to do a pesach sheini. The only one that would need to do a korban pesach uh, would need to do korban pesach on is the mafakecha tagal, the person who was clearing the pile of stones, because when they eventually find that person, if they, why would he become, uh, you know, disqualified? Is if in fact they found a person under the pile of stones and that person was found to be dead, and that would then convey the ritual impurity, because in that case the presumption is that he was tameh from the outset, meaning even before the korban pesach was. So that it's not that it was in his name and then he was coming. So he was fundamentally fulfilling his obligation. Rather, the idea is that he knew he was presumably the person had died even before the carbon was shechted. in which case he never would have been. Uh, he, let me say this the other way around. He always would have been disqualified, even from the moment. Now, obviously, it is possible. Right? We can recognize the fact that it is possible that the person was alive at the time of the shchita and then died. But the, that is not the concern of the Mishnah, um, the, the outside possibility that the person who has died and therefore made the man removing the gal, the pile of stones, um, made him tame. There's, there doesn't seem to be a concern of checking the precise time of death. I'm guessing that there is no real possibility of doing so in terms of coordinating those numbers. Um, the idea here, I think, or there's many ideas here, I would say that the goal is to get as many people participating in the Korban Pesach as possible, even if their, their status is a little bit um, iffy, not in terms of, I don't say iffy, it's, it's, it's ambiguous as to whether they will actually be able to eat at the time that the Korban Pesach is served. But at the time that it is shechted, they, were el- they are eligible. And therefore, they should be registered. So they should be participants. And then they their yotze their obligation, they fulfill their obligation with it, which is, of course, again, what we've been talking about for some time now, the agenda of having a Korban Pesach that um, is as inclusive as possible in, in terms of getting as many people participating. Um, there's also a recognition, of course, here that life can interfere. And whether that means somebody's in aninut, somebody who has lost a close relative, you know, right before Pesach, God forbid, or, you know, someone whose job is to clear the pile of stones or the person getting out of prison, any one of these cases, we've got a situation here of, um, yes, we have a Corban Pesach that we want everyone to participate in, and maybe you're not going to be able to because life gets in the way. I would like to suggest that these cases are all lavdafka, meaning we can all come up with other cases that might indeed pulls, put somebody into the same kind of category of, yes, they're fine at the beginning when the Korban is shechted and potentially disqualified
1: by the time it is not. Um, yeah. Well, again, it we keep talking about the social cohesion of Korban Pesach. And so this sort of lists all of these interesting cases, the prisoner, the person who's trying to save a life, you know, all of these types of different categories where there's a possibility you may not be able to join. Ultimately, we say, like, we're going to basically assume that you will be able to join. You can't be the sole person attached to a Horban Pesach. But we want to include as many people as possible, even under as many unique circumstances as possible. Right. Exactly. I think that's exactly it. OK, so I'll move on now to the next one, which really gets into an issue about women in Korban Pesach. And we saw this hinted to before this, you know, floating out opinion of Rabbi Shimon. Uh, but this is where we really get into it. It's on this step. In Pesach, Al Hayachid. Right. So we don't slaughter Korban Pesach for one person. Divrei Rabbi Yehuda. That's what Rabbi Yehuda says. For Rabbi Mata, Rabbi Yehuda allows it that, in other words, you can have one person to a korban pesach as long as he can eat some of it. It's not really dependent on numbers, is basically the idea. And let's say you have a group of a hundred people, and they can't even eat a kizayit worth of the meat. Then you're not allowed to actually, you know, shuck that korban pesach. So it's more about the ability to eat and less about the number. Nashim Vavadim k'tanim, And we don't make a group of women slaves and k'tanim together. Um, and so um, you know, there's a whole thing about, you know, eventually they learn that, that that last clause there is a group of women slaves and minors together, but that each one alone, you know, would be allowed to. Um, but I want to go over here, um, you know, sort of the second half here, and I would bet about the women. And there's really two interesting braces here that are brought up, which is about this issue of you know, where do women fit into the observance of Korban Pesach? And clearly the dominant opinion has been that women do. Um, but we're going to see where Rabbi Shimon sort of comes in as the person who believes that they don't. And there's two braces here that are important. The first one is Gufa. They had quoted half of this brace before, so now they're going to give the whole text. For the first Korban Pesach, right, the one of Nisan, we can shek the Korban Pesach for her alone because she has to give it. But for the second Korban Pesach, it has to be that she's in a group and it can't be just for her herself. Because for the second Korban Pesach, it seems to be that it is, uh, you know, somewhat of a reshoot, right? It's not necessarily a, uh, it's not a Yehuda, This is how Rabbi Yehuda understands this. Rabbi Yosei Omer Isha, right? So he says that for a woman, even for the second one, right, you can uh, shecht it just for her herself. And again, this is consistent with his opinion in our Mishnah where he said any individual can be linked to an individual Korban Pesach. And therefore, you don't even have to say it for the first, because it's clear that also that would be case for the first. Because according to Rabbi Yossi, at least for the first and second, both, it's always a Chovah for a woman. For a woman, for the first, uh, Korban Pesach, right, the one of Nisan, she has to be connected to a group. And for the second one, she doesn't do it at all. She can't even participate in it at all. But So what do these Tanaim disagree about? And it basically has to do with a whole, um, you know, they're going to go through a whole Midrash uh, Halacha here, right, but it's basically based on these words, right, which is a pasuk here, Um, that appears in Shmod, Perak Bet, Pasuk Galad, which is this Pasuk that we keep, uh, you know, uh, quoting, which is according to the number of people. But the idea is, is that they use the word nefashot, and it's how do you understand that word nefashot? Does it include women, not include women? And so the Gemara then is going to spend a pretty lengthy amount of time going through Rabbi Yehuda's opinion, Rabbi Yossi's opinion, Rabbi Shimon's opinion. What do they do with all these psukim, and how do each of them get out from the one, you know, extreme position of Rabbi Yossi who says, Pesach Rishon, Pesach Sheni, you could do one woman to one Korban Pesach. Rabbi Huda says it's only for Pesach Rishon and Rabbi Shimon who says, nope, you never can and women don't even do the second Pesach Sheni. And then we get to, you know, a brisa here uh, that's at the end. Um, I just need to skip ahead here, right? Which says, Tanu Rabbanan, Pesach Umatza Umara, right? Pesach Umatza Umara, Barishon Chovah, for the first night of Pesach, it's a Chovah, right? Mikanda ve'elach, afterwards it's a rishut. And then the Gemara is going to go through what exactly is this b'risa talking about, but that really what the b'risa is talking about is, is that, you know, it's that Pesach matzah, umar, barishon, Chovah, Mekan ve'elach, is talking about that on the first night, it's a Chovah that you have to have, you know, you have to eat Pesach matzah, umar, Rabbi Shimon is going to say it's only a Pesach, right? And right, and that for men, it's a and ashim reshut. And that for women, all of this is a reshut. So, you know, we had referred to this opinion of Rabbi Shuman before. I just really wanted to review it with all of us looking into it itself. Again, it's interesting to me that we're on the 91st page of Masach Sahim. It's really very clear that Rabbi Shuman's opinion is not the one that really takes hold. I think that to me, the view the meta view of the Gemara is that women really do participate. Um, And even the Mishnah, it's that women really do participate in the Korban Pesach. But, you know, just to see Rabbi Shuman's opinion appear here, I just wanted to draw attention to it. I think
0: the fact that there's even a discussion, I think is kind of surprising, unless you already knew it was here, right? Because, it's the kind of discussion where you we say, well, of course, women are obligated in the Korban Pesach. They were also participants in the NACE, right? There's there's all this kind of lore about women in the Korban Pesach that I feel like we're kind of debunking both pro and con through these Dapim, where we've seen women's involvement being recognized and praised, and just as a given, it's, invo- you know, their women's involvement. And then here, where it's kind of pulled into question in a way that, at least for Rabbi Shimon, that I th- feel like, what do you mean? We we know different from that. And which reminds me again, if I ever needed the
1: reminding that we don't pass it from the pages of the Gemara. Right. And 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 I'll even bring it back to yesterday's staff, which I'm still sort of struggling with. You know, we have a mission of saying the Zonak can participate. And now we're going to have Rabbi Shimon who's like, no, women don't participate. It, it's so clear this is not what the normative opinion I mean- is.
0: Right, right. I'm sure he also. I don't think that he said that Zona is fine and everybody else is not. No, but you
1: understand right, what I'm I saying. Like he's it's so
0: inclusive. Right. I just think right. his opinion is his opinion is not the
1: majority rule. Right. And it's really not. And it's interesting to see. Like yes, they'll allow an exploration of sort of you know what's how did he get to it. You know what, what was his understanding based on the psukim. But again, I'm just struck by it's referenced a few other times. But here we are on page Sarialep. And it's really the first time that we explored that opinion.
0: Indeed. Well, that's our Dopp discussion for the day. Thank you for joining us. Rank us, review us where you get your podcasts. Come talk to us on our Facebook page and tell us what you think about women on the Corbin Pesach. Thank you to Rebineet Michelle Farber for hosting us on the Hadron website. And until tomorrow, go and learn.